Heavenly Father, we thank you for the freedom that we have in you. Lord God, I thank you for the testimonies that we've heard, testimonies that represent the power of Jesus Christ to save, to set free, and to deliver. So God, I'm praying right now that there would be a move of your Holy Spirit that would touch the hearts of those here that might feel wounded or shamed or hopeless. God, we're here tonight to meet you. And I pray that there would be a victory story in the making tonight. I give you all the glory and the honor, and I thank you for your word that brings life. And so just in these few minutes, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would lead me. And I trust, Lord God, in faith that there will be a people here today that will put up a shout of praise, knowing that our God saves. In your name I pray, amen. Can I get another amen? Hallelujah. I love these services. I love good news. I love Jesus. And I love the word. And I love being able to share the word with you. And I just want to just ask that if you have a Bible, open it real quick. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. I'm going to take a few minutes just to expound on this really fascinating story in scripture. I'm, I'm reading from Acts chapter 19, and, and, and I'm going to move it along, um, even as you might be looking, uh, because I just want to make sure that we take the time today to pray and ask God for just his healing touch, to ask God for salvation. Uh, does anybody have a need? If you, just, if you just have a need, just put your hand up. Just be honest with me. Just, you got a need. Amen. Well, you're in the right place. God is going to meet that need tonight. I believe it. Can I get another amen? amen? Hallelujah. Acts chapter 19, beginning with verse 11. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Wow. And then in verse 13, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. And they said, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons, in verse 14, seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit, not the person who was possessed, but the evil spirit answered them. And the, the demonic spirit inside of them said this, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And in verse 16, and the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all seven of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. 
and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled, which means the name of the Lord Jesus was high and lifted up, which means the name of Jesus was praised after this had happened. And in verse 18, also many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and they burned them in the sight of everybody. And they counted the value of them and they found that it came to about 50,000 pieces of silver, thousands and thousands worth of dollars. And verse 20, so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. My message tonight is titled, No More Magic Tricks. When Paul showed up to Ephesus, it was well known as a place for black magic. It was known for trickery. It was known for sorcery. In today's terms, it was known for witchcraft, voodoo, santeria. An entire city was known for its witchcraft. Well, Paul shows up, a follower of Jesus, known as the Apostle Paul. He shows up into the city of Ephesus. The Bible says, just to give us a little bit more context to this story before we break down what exactly happened here and how that speaks to us, Paul shows up and he runs into about 12 disciples. He sees 12 disciples who we, we have here that there was a relationship that they had with God. They, they were believers. And, and in the beginning of this chapter, Paul finds these disciples and he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they had said, no, we, we, we've, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And then Paul had said, well then, and into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And then Paul said, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus, which is the truth. You have to repent. Salvation requires that you repent, that you turn from going into a, you turn from sin and you go into the direction following Jesus Christ. It's turning from one direction you were going and going into another direction, which is to follow Jesus Christ. It requires a change. And, and so he said, look, that's good. But in verse five, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And there were about 12 men in all. And then Paul, he stuck around in the synagogue and he, he continued to teach and was speaking boldly and reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. And, and, and ultimately, he sticks around for about two years in Ephesus. And then he was doing just all of these amazing things. The Bible says it was extraordinary what Paul was doing. And it wasn't what he was doing. It was what the power of the Holy Spirit was doing in him. When he had asked those 12 disciples, he says, well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He was basically asking this, did, did, you, did you say yes completely to Jesus? Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Are you fully surrendered to God tonight? He said, because when you believe, you also receive the Holy Spirit. You see, you have to be fully surrendered, fully given to God, receive all that he has to offer, and this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit is not just an option. It is essential to your salvation. The Holy Spirit is not just a, 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 another possible add-on to your faith walk. The Holy Spirit leads you on this journey. 
And when you say yes to God, when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he offers you this wonderful gift. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the source of your comfort, the source of power. It's the Holy Spirit that will lead you tonight when you walk out these doors. It is a gift that has been given to us through faith in God who gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross. And when he rose again on that third day, you and I are offered resurrection life to be made a new person in Christ Jesus. And then he's also given us his spirit, his power. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that's been given to you tonight. It's the Holy Spirit. You see, it's so much more than just knowledge. It's a lifestyle. You see, when you receive the Holy Spirit, it becomes your lifestyle. You are led by the Holy Spirit. In the most difficult of times, you find comfort in the Holy Spirit. It has to be more than just knowledge. It becomes you walking in humility, submitted to the power of God, submitted to Jesus Christ, walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit. It is so much more than just knowing who God is. It is so much more than just attending church. It is so much more than just religion. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it is you and I in faith allowing the Holy Spirit to indwell us and to cause us to live a victorious life each and every day, knowing that it is the power of God that gives us the victory. Nothing in our own strength, nothing for our own gain, nothing in our own efforts. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. But the sons of Sceva didn't know anything about that. The sons of Sceva were known to be these traveling Jewish exorcists that attempted to rant, chant, recite spells in the effort for, of their own personal gain. It, 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 it was their hope that they would become celebrities in Ephesus. It was their hope not to see anybody delivered, but to become somebody of significance. For them, finding out about Paul was just another opportunity to create another outlet for spirituality, to impress people, to make money, to do exorcisms and get all the glory once it was done. So they had found out Seven sons of Sceva had found out. I'm pretty sure they showed up on a couple of occasions where they saw Paul laying hands on the sick and suddenly they'd get up and walk. And for them, they were like, wow, he's, man, he, he just, he calls on that name Jesus and he just, all this cool stuff just starts to happen. I can imagine the sons of Sceva are like, dude, write it, write it down. Write down the exact words that he says. Maybe if we chanted enough times, maybe something really amazing will happen and then everybody will talk about us 
and then we'll go viral on YouTube, you know, and I'll get more likes, you know, I'll just, you know, this will be amazing because I need to up my status because I've been in such confusion about my identity. So maybe this Jesus will just simply help me be a more popular person. Yo, write it down. I saw it. And then he, and somebody grabbed his handkerchief. And then when they grabbed the handkerchief, the leprosy was just gone just like that. So let's work on this. And so the sons of Sceva were scheming as to how to just use the name of Jesus for their own gain. You see, Christianity is not a life that we live for our own gain. It is a life that we live for the glory of our Savior who went to a cross and died for us while we were yet sinners. You and I totally undeserving of this divine assistance, but God in his grace showed up 2,000 years ago, went to a cross, died for you and I, that we might be saved, set free, and filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the glory of Jesus Christ. That's salvation. That's Christianity. That's the freedom. The freedom is when you know that life is not about you anymore. Because see, that takes away all of the pressure. When you surrender yourself to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells you and you are filled with the power that you cannot manufacture in your own strength. But the sons of Sceva didn't understand it. The sons of Sceva just thought that this was another power and equivalent to some other power that they had called on. The sons of Sceva just assumed that maybe this was just a better chant than the other chant that they'd been chanting. Maybe this is a better ritual, a better practice. Maybe this will produce the results that we need. This is another addition to our repertoire as religious people. Ah, and so here comes this moment where the seven sons of Sceva faced this man who was demonically possessed. And the Bible says that they, they called on the Jesus that Paul proclaimed. Now you know you done gone and messed up when all you're doing is trying to copy the format of somebody else. Because see, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, what happens is God reveals to you the uniqueness of who you are and what he's called you to be. And no longer, hallelujah, no longer do you look to the left and the right in the effort to keep up with somebody else or to establish your identity based upon what you've seen on social media or based upon what you've seen in a magazine or based upon what you've seen on YouTube or based upon what you've seen anywhere in society or based upon what you see simply walking down the street on Broadway. Lord, help us. My identity is established in accordance to my salvation, knowing that I'm free and I'm now led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm made a new person in Christ Jesus. And suddenly there becomes a peace in the rat race. For those of you that are just visiting New York City, we call this the rat race here in New York. You ever wonder why we call it the rat race? Because much of the world has viewed us as just 
a bunch of rats in rush hour, all looking the same, scurrying along, fighting for space, hustling, shoving, squealing, grabbing at anything. And our city has been considered the center of that rat race in society. Well, excuse me, please do not classify me as a rat. I'm actually a child of the king. I know who I am and I'm not a rat. I don't look like anybody else, even though some people say I look like somebody else, but I don't look like nobody else. I look like Jesus. I know who I am. I know I have a savior. I know he went to the cross for me 2,000 years ago and he rose again on the third day and I'm resurrected with Christ Jesus and I'm made a new person. My language, my speech, my actions are a representation of who I believe in. That's Jesus Christ. I know who I am. And so when I'm able to face whatever I've got to face in this city, they will see one thing. They will see a man who is walking in the grace and the power of Jesus Christ. They will see a man who is trusting the Holy Spirit to lead. I know who I am in Jesus Christ, but the sons of Sceva did not know who they were. And the demon didn't know who they were either. Demon? We, we rebuke you? Hold on, let me get my cheat sheet. Hold on, let me get my notes. That's what Sons of Sceva, I'm sure they, hold on, they probably wrote it on their hand, what Paul had said earlier. I, I, I rebuke you in the, in the name of Jesus, the, the Jesus that they, they thought it'd be better that they would refer to the Jesus that the Paul proclaimed. Rather than claiming Jesus to be their own savior. Tonight, do you claim Jesus to be your Savior? Is he your God? Or are you just reciting? Are you, are you just going to church because you just thought it was just a good thing to do? Or do you have a relationship with him tonight? The, the Jesus that the Paul proclaimed. Yeah, got it. Yeah, got it. And all of a sudden, that demon spoke up. I'm sure he scratched his head. Like. <laughs> Jesus, I know. <sighs> Jesus, I know. That demon knows who Jesus is because when Jesus shows up, he goes running. Jesus, I know. Because even the demons know his name, the Bible says, and they shudder. They tremble. Jesus, I know. I know that power. I know I have to bow to that power. I know that I'm no match with the power of Jesus Christ. I know that I'm no equal to that great name, Jesus. Jesus, I know. I know he's God. It's a shame that so many people still today do not realize in faith that he's God, and yet the demons know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
Buddy, Jesus I know. Paul I know. Yeah, I know that guy, Paul. He has sent us running too because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's fully surrendered to God. He's walking in power that's absolutely extraordinary. And we know that it's not him in his own strength. We know that that man is surrendered to God. That man, Paul, is all in. That man, Paul, don't play. It is not a game with him. He is for real serious about God. But who are you? And I ask you that question again. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? Do you know who you are as a child of the king? Do you know who you are as an individual that has experienced the grace and the power of Jesus Christ? Do you know who you are as a believer in faith? Do you know who you are surrendered to the Holy Spirit? Do you know who you are saved and set free? Do you know who you are healed? Do you know who you are walking in the power of God? Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? A friend of God. Do you know who you are? Holy and set apart. You see, you better know who you represent when you go out these doors. Darkness is real. Wickedness is real, and it's real dark in these streets, and I'm done running with the rat race. I'm going to stand because Jesus Christ is the rock of my salvation, and I know who I am in Christ Jesus, and I know that there's power in that name. And see, this is what happens when you're only doing the religious thing and you have no relationship with God. You see, when you don't have a relationship with God, when you're not fully surrendered, when you haven't received this incredible gift of God, the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of you, when you haven't surrendered, when you haven't repented of your sins, when you haven't said yes to Jesus Christ, this is what happens when you face darkness. And in verse 16, the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Now listen to me. Scripture gives us not only this wild, crazy picture of seven guys running out of a house naked, but it symbolically points us to this truth that darkness without faith in Jesus Christ, darkness without the power of Jesus Christ, darkness without knowing who your God is, will leap on you, master you, and overpower you. I'm just going to be really honest and lay it out because tonight I feel really stirred up in my spirit to challenge you to understand who you are in Jesus Christ. Darkness, wickedness, demonic oppression, has a way of leaping, mastering, which means taking dominion and overpowering. But no demon in hell, no demon in hell can leap, master, or overpower any believer who is walking in faith and filled with the Holy Spirit. 
getting ready to put up a shout here in a second. No demon in hell. No demon in hell can leap. No demon in hell can master. No demon in hell can overpower the people of God that call on that great name, Jesus, knowing that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, saved and set free, and every chain broken by the power of our God. But if you don't know that, if you haven't said yes to Jesus Christ, then you'll continue to run around here shamed and wounded. Their nakedness is a representation of shame. Reflecting back to Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned and they recognized in that moment that they were naked and suddenly they were ashamed and they tried to hide. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves and nakedness outside of Christ Jesus and his beautiful covenant and covering of grace is a reflection of shame and guilt. And in this moment in scripture, the seven sons of Sceva are left running for their lives, naked and wounded. And still today, without a surrender to Jesus Christ, people are still running around naked and wounded. Tonight, no pretenders. It needs to be a complete surrender. Pretenders get themselves in trouble. But people who are completely surrendered to Jesus Christ, they're able to make a stand representing Jesus Christ, walking in his power, and trusting that God is going to fight my battles. You see, this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all. I'm not talking about that fear that you experience in a horror movie. I'm talking about a reverence that came over the city of Ephesus. Suddenly, what the evil, what the devil intended for evil, God turned it around for his glory in the city of Ephesus. It looked ugly. It looked really bad. And you would think after a scene like this that suddenly the devil would be praised for his power and his destructive nature and how he roams the earth seeking whom he may devour. But instead, the devil's plan backfired on him. The only thing that happened in this moment was the reality that you can't play with evil. But the greater revelation that happened in this moment in the city of Ephesus was that there is only one true power. There is only one true God. There is only one name. And it's a name greater than no other name. And it's the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden in the city of Ephesus, they started to hashtag all over the place. No more magic tricks. No more sorcery. No more witchcraft. No more voodoo. No more santeria. No more palm reading. No more tarot cards. No more horoscope. Oh, in the name of Jesus. You heard what I just said? I said no more horoscope. Uh-huh. Can I tell you something? Can I be really honest with you? 
Your future is not determined by the position of planets. Your future is determined by your faith in Jesus. We're going to praise the living God, and we're going to call on the name of Jesus. There is no greater name. It's the only name by which we are saved. It is the only name that you and I are able to call on in complete surrender, believing in faith that he's given us the Holy Spirit. And when you call on that great name, Jesus, in surrender and in faith, demons will run. Oh God, oh Jesus, I'm going to invite you to pray. God has no desire to share you with this world, even though in his grace and in his love for us, he continues to pursue no matter how dark your journey has been. But when you come before the Lord tonight, I want you to be fully surrendered. I want people to come forward tonight and receive Jesus Christ completely as Lord and Savior. That's one. Two. I want people to come forward and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is God in his grace and divine power that comes inside of your life and he purifies us. He sets us free. And the Holy Spirit, he is this constant call, this call to holiness, and this call to follow Jesus each and every day. So I asked the same question that Paul asked. Have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? And if that still is a question for you that you can't answer, I want you to come forward and we're going to believe now that the Holy Spirit is going to fill you. And if that's you, even while I'm talking now, I want you to come down here boldly. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just don't want to just come to church. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you have been fighting a battle. Some of you have been dealing with demonic forces. You've been oppressed. And you want to be free tonight. And so I'm saying in the name of Jesus, you come receive Jesus Christ. And you have looked left and right in the effort to find freedom. No more magic tricks tonight. Tonight we surrender to the majesty of God. It's in your presence that there's newness of life. It's in the presence of the Lord. There's freedom. Now we're going to pray. And we're going to denounce every wicked spirit. Every evil. Anything and everything that we've been involved with. Right up to today. We are going to denounce that practice 
And we are going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come in, live inside of us, give us freedom and power to walk in accordance to the will of God for our lives. So you pray this prayer with me. I'm going to ask my mother-in-law to come up and pray after I pray this prayer with you and I want her to pray over you. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who died for me, who went to the cross for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. Because of you, I am made a new person. I repent of my sins. I'm sorry I've messed up. I denounce every evil thing, every wicked thing that has been a part of my life. And today, I am a new person. You are my God. You are my Savior. And I know now that your name, Jesus, is the name above all names. And you, Jesus, have given me the power to live life in freedom, set free from the bondage of sin. In your name I pray. Amen. Come up here, Ma. This is what we're going to do. We're almost done. We're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. For every person that believes in faith, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And all you need to do right now is you need to believe in faith. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you just need to believe in faith and then begin to open up your mouth and trust in faith that the Lord is going to fill your mouth now. Now, this is going to require you now to just humbly say, God, here I am. No room for pride. Now, this is it. God, here I am. Let's just begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we need you, Lord. God, we confess our need for you tonight, Lord. We ask that you would come like a mighty rushing wind, oh God. Father, that you would pour out of your spirit on each and every hungry person in this place, oh God. Father, help us to surrender every bit of who we are, every bit of who we are not, Lord God. Help us, oh God, to come before you tonight, Lord God, humbly before you, Lord God. Oh, Father, that you would come like a mighty rushing wind, my God, and fill your people's overflowing, Lord. How we need you, Lord God. How we need your Holy Spirit to touch us, oh God, to fill us to overflowing, Lord God. We cannot walk this walk without you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, pour out your Spirit on your people, my God, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we need you, Lord. We surrender our lives to you, oh God. Take control. Oh my God, fill us to overflowing. You said in your word, oh God. Oh, Father, that we, Lord God, that we, Father God, if we open ourselves up to you, God, you would come, Lord God. Oh God, that rivers of living water would be able to flow out of 
oh God. Touch us, oh God. Touch each and every one here tonight in the mighty name of Jesus, my Father. Just lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and receive from the Lord. Lift up your hands. Just be like a child. Just open up your heart to him. Hallelujah. So Lord God, I thank you for what you've done tonight. You get all the glory and the honor. Lord, may we now go forward bearing witness of what you have done. Lord God, I pray that you would open up each and every one of our mouths to, to declare who you are as the one true living God. And Lord God, we're, we're not like the sons of Sceva. We know who you are. And we know who we are in you, Christ Jesus. So tonight, Lord God, there will be no demon, no devil in hell that can stop us from going forward. We thank you for this great power that you have given us. And we walk humbly before you, trusting in your word to continue to lead us. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, no rush. You can stay here and pray. Those of you in the balcony to the main floor, you can pray to greet somebody, love on somebody. We'll see you Tuesday. Praise God. God bless you.